This is El Paisano Media, and you're listening to EPM Network. Hello, my name is Gilbert Andrew Lazo, and this is Sound Station, a podcast all about music, today's music, the past, and to see what's looking forward in the future. Um, what this podcast is basically about is just me give, um, giving, not really necessarily reviews, I feel like that's kind of like a cliche, I guess, but not really reviews, but like at least my little opinion not really like a whole segment about it but just you know like a little something like that as well as discussions to see like what's mostly on um what's happening recently i guess in the news not really news necessarily but in music and as well as what artists what drama artists has caused and pretty much like anything really relevant anything really big really what i find um in social media in the news anywhere really and spotlight mostly a spotlight would be would pretty much be about like giving a certain artists like going in depth and seeing like the impact really and how much sales well, sales they made the impact really on they left and their influence pretty much on the past and today and pretty much going through like any sort of artist's discography anything and as well as new releases coming up in the past next month or so anything speculated not really well speculated but um pretty much going over what's teased what's new anything really and as well as anniversaries for some albums as well as like one turns older and like you know, and basically like more of like an impact on what that album if not like is it like worth it and stuff like that and basically the first episode and hoping this goes well is like I'm pretty much recording late at night this got my equipment really late but you know hopefully I can get through this well not really get through this but just talk and hopefully we get everything done today as there's just some stuff I just wanted to talk about and just at least get over with the first episode and as well as like yeah thank you for listening so um what i wanted to get through first would be the anniversaries this past month as there's some albums that i personally like looked into recently oh well just started listening to a lot again and that would be the first thing would be fresh fruit for rotting vegetables by the dead kennedys which would be their first album that came out in 1981 and it was pretty much i guess one of the first albums into the punk genre as well as other bands in like the early 80s especially in america too as punk was pretty much blowing up like getting bigger with the sex pistols and the ramones but in like the seven well like in uh mostly in england with the sex pistols and the clash and then the ramones just on the um east coast in new york and as well as the misfits but with the dead kennedys they they'd come out in the um western side of america as well as black flag and other bands in the la area but what makes kennedy the kennedys really special is they're from up from the bay from the bay in uh san francisco and the album pretty much did have like a large impact and it did kind of stir up a little bit of controversy as some of the um titles as kill the poor and i <laughs> kill children and a little holiday in cambodia which is possibly like their most famous song, their no song they're well known from, talking about 
the conditions in Cambodia, especially at the time with Pol Pot and basically the whole controversy with communism and all that going over, like, it's funny that they really went in-depth in talking about what they, what goes on in Cambodia, like, the working conditions and all that. It's really interesting. I, I really would like to recommend it to anyone if they're, like, into, you know, po- well, I don't want to say politics, but, like, it's a really good song, really about the um struggles in Cambodia, as well as other songs like California Uber Alleys, which is another, I guess, single from the album, which talks about the governor, Jerry, well, they mentioned the governor, Jerry Brown, but it's, it's, it's it, it, you take, you interpret how you want it, but it's another good song from the album. As well as other songs like When You Get Drafted and I don't know, the album, the Dead Kennys are just overall political and as well as the lead singer Jello by Offer, which is oddly enough, he also ran for governor for San Francisco but failed and one thing that I remember he wanted to do was make politicians wear clown outfits but it didn't happen because he didn't end up getting elected governor and then the band ended up getting sued for a lot more money on one of their albums for having obscenities basically having a an obscure inappropriate artwork in one of their albums and um yeah that's one album down and then another album that came out on the um in september would be good am by mac by the late mac miller who also passed away this month too but um speak on mac miller's case too is that Recently, um, Mac Miller's estate decided that I, I wouldn't say they decided, but I guess they got samples cleared for one of Mac Miller's, um, beloved mixtape faces to be released next month, as well as vinyl releases too, on the 15th. And I'll, I'm looking, we're looking forward to that one too, as that one, like, cause Mac Miller has pretty much, um, he's, uh, he's gone on record as being one of the most um profound hip-hop progressions of all time as he's went from like his first early mixtapes and i remember him being like a young kid like making just you know i guess putting out bangers i guess but like happy music well not happy but like party music i guess like you know frat boy aesthetic and then as he grew up and as well as he grew as an artist he changed his sound to a lot more mature and just more, more emotion, I guess. And then even in his last album, Swimming, too, like, you could tell, like, that was his peak. And then he ended up overdosing. And and his pos- in his first posthumous album, which um I think is his final album, as his estate confirmed, which also continued. I feel like it was a, another continuation of Swimming. And it was a really good, too, as it even, like, um rejected the cell over 100 K units 120 I believe and it was a really good for a posthumous album too and a lot of people like reviews say that it's arguably one of the greatest posthumous albums of all time as well as I was dealt really well by the estate and another two albums really would be from Lil Peep well not albums really but mixtapes mostly and they would be two of his fan f- most favorite would be his first debut mixtape Lil Peep Part 1 which came out in September I think the 19th I'm sure yeah the 19th and correct me if I'm wrong but um 
Yeah, that was his first like mixtape, and a sound fun fact was that it gained I think six k plays in its first week, as at the time he was progressing and just growing and just connecting with other artists as well as he also was connecting with another underground SoundCloud um, artist, Omen13, who was also starting at the time, who was just producing, but then he started working on rapping as he said in an interview before that he uh, would produce a lot of beats and he didn't know who to give them to, so he was like, you know what, I'm just going to start rapping on them, and so he did, and he ended up releasing a lot of music in like early 2015, and um pn with peep as a sesh fan a team sesh which was a group of producers and as well as ren with the one vocalist bones as of right now but before they would have other artists in like Roz and nasty matt other soundcloud artists but it would mostly primarily be bones but i'm back on topic that peep and omen 13 pretty much connected through soundcloud messages but and then they released a few songs and a mixtape, and as well as like with Peep finally like figuring out like he wanted to do this, he released a little Peep Part One, which would arguably be which would arguably be his like most raw bodies of work, as it was in his early career, and it was more hip hop orientated, orientated, but as well as um darker themes, pretty much his most depressing, I guess with thoughts of a lot of suicide and uh, drug uses as he went through that in the album. But he, and then from there, he progressed it on. And that was when he joined a collective known as Schema Posse 2, ran by Jay Green, who um, was another producer and just another underground uh, artist, like a legend who's also worked with like the likes of 3-6 Mafia and Juicy J. And from there, and another out, and from that on, he just progressed in his career, and which links to a year later in 2016, which he came out with his breakout, I guess his breakout, his second breakout mixtape would be Hellboy in September 25th, which would also like cement his place in the SoundCloud rap history, with also um, features with Xavier Wolf, uh, a Team Sesh affiliate, Hollow, uh, Hollow Squad, who was um Peep, who was went on the record saying that Peep was like one of the most kind-hearted people he's worked with, and as well as other features like Curb Lagoop, another SoundCloud rapper, and as well as Horsehead, who was a close friend with Peep, who was a producer as well and produced a lot of songs for him too. And other and another two albums, same thing that came out in September would be Suicide Boys, who. Their first, uh, the first mixtape to come out in September would be My Liver Will Hold With My Heart Can't, which would arguably be another, one of their breakout, well, a breakout road uh, for them to be on a road to be uh, underground kings, as they've said, and, and which I'll get to later. But um, their mixtape basically had songs like F the Population and The Kill Yourself th- Part 3, which would be their staple in songs, but which would arguably be like their most popular song as well as like their most heartfelt as they've went through like more like their themes and songs and just basically be like depression and drugs. As they they've said on record that like it's just stuff they've thought in their head and just went through and hopefully like other people even in their live show they said that like 
even like if you've battled with like all that stuff that you're not alone that they we have them and they're really and they're really good for doing that and touching a new generation and like helping out as well breaking out into this i guess you would say like emo rap not really as i'm pretty sure like no one really likes the term being called emo as even bands from like the 80s as well like um rites of spring even the sunny day real estate uh probably arguably one of the most influential emo bands of all time have went on like jeremy ewig i pronounced that wrong the lead singer of sunny day real estate has went on and said that like they really didn't understand being coined as emo as their um their influ like the bands they've influenced and the um emo the 20 the 2000s bands like that they've credited sunny day real estate as the emo godfather and then jeremy ewig has said like he hasn't really felt too fond of the term but like he's also sees the influence that sunny day real estate has left but again like you would i guess you could classify back to suicide boys as an emo rap i guess but as well as horrorcore with like trap tendencies i guess but no not really i guess it'd be more of a funk since their uh main inspirations especially scrim who's a producer for them who produces like everything the suicide boys have made they he he credits three six mafia as like their main his main influence as he always samples them and sampling by like he would take like uh, a small audio clip and just like re um re-edit it into a song as like he'd make into his zone and he's even actually had the pleasure of working with them with uh, juicy j and dj paul into producing a whole album for juicy j and uh, okay so um and another mixtape that uh that came out in september by suicide boys would be um eternal gray which would arguably be another great mixtape with the likes of denzel curry and chris travis other well not well chris travis another team sesh affiliate of bones which we'll get to later and as well as denzel curry who's another um rapper who grew up from florida i think i'm not really i'm not really uh into denzel curry but i've heard of his music and i've pretty much liked it i guess it's like trap i haven't really i've only heard cloud cobain but i think that was like another trap um metal song but i've also heard of denzel curry who was also a part of the raider clan by space ghost perp like another huge huge like collective like in the early 2000s who like all featured a lot of rappers you'd even be surprised from today like as i've mentioned before xavier wolf who was also part of raider clan and it's just like a lot of they connect to like a lot of people in the soundcloud rap um scene industry i guess but there's that and then so a back to eternal gray would be like another album suicide boys would release and and pretty much like continue their legacy on as being underground kings as scrim said in one song eclipse saying f what you mean we're not running the scene we've been it only took us one year to be underground kings meaning that he started suicide boys with his cousin ruby in 2014 and it only took him a year like when i said my liver when my liver came out in 2015 like they were already like on their way to becoming the next i guess big thing especially in soundcloud who were already became underground kings and like already influencing other artists like as well as like little peep who came out as well as their his first mixtape in 20 
15 but started his career like in 2014 just you know just messing around with his computer and stuff and so he did that and another album that would come out would be bones would be skinny another um i guess one of the mixtape many mixtapes of bones who's also been been praise of it too as of lately as a sound uh, official soundcloud twitter posted meaning posted its anniversary meaning that like one of the prolific soundcloud rappers to come up the one of the prolific rappers come out of the soundcloud bones giving its praise and as well as like um talking about how just just not entirely talking about it but just going like how it's another one of uh pieces of soundcloud history and uh, basically the whole soundcloud scene was just like a lot of basically do-it-yourself ethics just like trying to get your music out there by just uploading what you can onto soundcloud the website and just hoping like well not really hoping but like trying to connect and trying to be consistent with what you make but i feel like soundcloud would be like i made it like uploading music a lot more easier as well as like it gives anyone who wants to be in the music industry like what they want like if they can like basically an ease into it as i can't even imagine how it was back then i guess like you would have to record burn it onto a disc and just sell it out in the streets or just like whatever you know just be like out there just trying to sell and just like giving it to your friends and just passing it on but with soundcloud like you could just upload it digitally and you could just listen to it on your phone your tablet your um your desktop and you could just send basically instead of handing out cds you would just send like links to other people and just be like yo can you like send this around or like not really ask to send it around but like can you give it a listen and like it really wouldn't even be like that much of a hassle as you would just click the link and it would take you to either the app or the website and you could just listen it from there instead of having to open up the disc and find it like a disc player. But either way, I feel like it'd be more authentic having a disc rather than being on SoundCloud. But, you know, that's just like the day and age today as we progress on and who knows, like, would be the next big thing. And I was thinking about, like, having discs on oh, another album, a big album, too, would be Nevermind by Nirvana, which arguably... It'd be probably the biggest album of the 90s as well, as it really spearheaded the grunge movement and basically killed hair metal, as basically it was in 1991. And it's also like the um the 30th anniversary, if I'm correct, as well. Well, 30 years, and then as well as like 30 years of death of hair metal, and hair metal being like Guns N' Roses and basically all those heavy i guess so-called heavy metal bands of the 80s and as well as spearheaded like basically brought grunge one of my favorite music genres like to mainstream as well as give other bands like pearl jam and soundgarden bush honestly just like a raw like sound as well as like i guess you could say call it an alternative to punk as well but like a more heavy like growling noise like you'd hear in some of the songs as well as like by um stone temple pilots and um uh i forgot the name it was stone temple pilots and what lane 
Stacy. Um, uh, well, never mind. I'll, I'll probably remember right now. But like, as well as like, I guess you could say, well, like it was part of like the alternative movement as well as the nineties. And um, that's pretty much it of the anniversaries I see, and as well as upcoming um, albums. Um, there wouldn't really any be uh, anything else except Bones saying he has two albums on the way, I guess. One confirmed by his brother to be paid to programming three, a continuation of like, uh, uh, um, a continuation of albums he's released as paid programming one came out in 2013, paid to programming two came out in 2016, and then I guess it's time for paid programming three, although I thought it would be in 2019. As it would be a three-year run, but I guess it's time for it now in 2021. 20, as well as another album with Greya, another Team Sesh member. Who Team Sesh is... What I meant to get to Team Sesh would also be like a group of producers Bones has worked with over the years. And as well as like other artists who came and disbanded. But it has mostly been primarily about Bones. And as well as like a clothing brand too he's gone into seen all kinds of stuff like shoes and rings which is pretty pretty cool to say for a clothing brand as well as for like a rapper as well and to get to um the news what's recently in the, so in the media would be one thing about mgk machine gun kelly and slipknot um throwing shots at each other as slipknot said in an interview first saying that he just hated the people like he hated rock right now now, this isn't in his words, but I'm basically summarizing what he said in that he doesn't like how Rock is at its state right now, and that he also doesn't like Machine Gun Kelly as he thinks that he could just switch genres and claim himself as the savior of Rock, as to pretty much um it being dead. And then MGK fired back saying that he'd rather, he doesn't want to be 50 years old wearing a mask. And it kind of kind of caused an uproar with MGK and like everyone else basically on social media saying that like MGK shouldn't really be saying that as people really don't really dislike him as he's pretty much came off as like a really rude person. And I guess I could see that too as well as he's been on as well as in the media as before, like ignoring like basically being rude to Conor McGregor, a boxer, just like who... So apparently wanted a picture with them, but just said no and just pushed him away and just like caused a fight at the VMAs. And so he really hasn't been like on a roll as well with the like, social media lately. He just came in and off as like a really rude person. And another thing would be Lil Peep and XXXTentacion, another SoundCloud rapper, being sued for their posthumous song "Falling Down" as it use as. It basically uses a guitar loop, but being compressed by this one unknown artist. I forgot the name, because, like, I, it was, like, out of nowhere and just as really recent, too. But, yeah, he's just, he's basically, what makes the case weird is that he's suing them as if they're alive. He's not suing the estate of these two artists. He's suing them as if they're alive and as if, as if they're residents of California, which really doesn't make any sense. And he's well as suing them as over their his guitar use in the song even though the song came out even the song was recorded on the um using that guitar loop in the beat in 2017 before Lil Peep passed and it basically came out and I did some research and I looked up the song and it came out in 2018 basically a whole year 
after the song came out basically after it was recorded but a few weeks after the song came out as the song came out in august as of no the song came out a few weeks ago in september like to commemorate like the both artists passing and i personally don't think the song should have existed in the first place as it was made pretty much after both artists passed and it was just pretty much well i don't know i like the song I like the song, but I feel like it shouldn't just haven't shouldn't never existed. And that pretty much wraps up this week of Soundstation and what I wanted to get to today. And I hope you all have like a rest of your day. Thank you.